Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. We are going to continue build together a vision series and uh, in the past year this is our third year in the build together series in receiving a build together offering it truly has been led by God's sovereignty and generosity and the focus in the past two years was on building and in fact Michael and I pastor Michael and I uh, had the privilege and honor to go to a rural Verde Park and several years ago when the Thomas fires came through Ventura it in a catastrophe catastrophic way destroyed a play structure and I don't know if you remember maybe you were with us in our community of faith then maybe you weren't but we promised our people that 100% of anything that came into that offering we would give away in many ministries churches organizations whether it's secular or sacred uh, for example they may take 10% 20% even more to use for administrative costs I stand before for you and tell you not one penny was used for administrative costs. Every penny that came in went out. And you see, we felt not only did we come here that anyone can believe become like Jesus, but to build together. And we knew we wanted to build the church. However, we had a sense we wanted to build the city of Ventura and the surrounding cities. And we had $100,000 left in that account. And we could have split it up and gave $20,000 here or there, but we felt we want to make a mark in our city. So we contacted the mayor and the council of Ventura, and we said, we heard that you're rebuilding a play structure again in rural Verde Park and we also heard you've got to get this that it was going to be designed for children with special needs and we said we would like to give into that and when we told them we would like to give the city a hundred thousand dollars the mayor and the council began to weep they said no one has ever done this for our city well this week we went and we filmed and it should be finished by the end of this year or early 2020 and it is absolutely spectacular this play structure that they're building for special needs they would have had to literally dig mounds and hills but they found a place in the park that naturally the landscape was like that and our hundred thousand dollars man I am so excited to tell you this is paying for the entire flooring of this play structure and it will have And it will have our logo, City Church California. And so they will know that we not only came to build this church, but we want to help build this city. So truly, in the past, we have been builders. But I think there's a shift right now. 
where our nation is at and where our city is at and where our state is at. We need to be in this together. And that's where we're going to focus uh, this year. And even as the two women were speaking in the video, they begin to say, we build together. We need to come together now more than ever. And this year, we are going to build together and we're going to do that through our content and our compassion. Last week, we began to speak and I love this. We spoke about wrestling and wonder, but this week I want to speak about watching and waiting. I want to speak about watching and waiting. And, and I want you to know as we pray, get this, God is going to allow us to turn our lists, our prayer lists into a lens that we could begin to see life people in situations as he sees it. So we're now in Habakkuk chapter 2 and I want to read verse 14 to start off. It says, as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. And we really do want that. We want the earth to be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. And you say, well, how can that be? It will be as we begin to pray and we begin to give and we begin to reach out to whoever we put on this envelope that that person, that individual would be aware of the glory of the Lord. Now in the book of Habakkuk, he lived in the final days of Israel's southern kingdom. And during this period of faith history, believers were going to lose their freedom to a foreign power that was not sympathetic to their faith. I want to stop. I want you to really hear this. It was in the last years of the southern kingdom's reign. And believers, it's a history. This is not just history. It's faith history. They were going to begin to lose their freedom to a foreign power that would not be sympathetic to faith. This week, as we celebrated my wife's birthday, we were with some friends, and we're at dinner. They said, Pastor Jude, do you think, because we read these scriptures last week, we're in Habakkuk chapter 1, do you think our nation will be invaded by a foreign power that will not be sympathetic to our belief? And I said this, I said, I don't know if our nation will be invaded by a foreign power, but one thing that I do know is that we're now living in what I would call contested space, that to be a believer in Jesus Christ is no longer vogue. It's no longer popular. It's very popular to be spiritual and have spirituality. But you see, we didn't come to this city to be spiritual. We came to this city that anyone can believe in Jesus Christ. But can I say it doesn't stop there. We're not called to make believers. We're called to make disciples in Jesus Christ who become like Jesus. Jesus. And it's not just experiencing the life of Jesus. It's absolutely following the lifestyle of Jesus in that we would begin to build together. Let's begin to read in chapter two, and we're going to read the first four verses. And I want you to begin to, in this, I want you to pay attention to the word watch and the word wait. And I'm going to read it through once, then I'm going to go back and read it a second time, but I'm going to pause and give a little bit of explanation. And today we're just singing about two concepts, watch 
and wait. That's that's simple. You may want to text that, that we're going to watch, but we're going to wait. I love this. I will stand my watch. I set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not tarry or and it will not, though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Verse four, behold, the proud. His soul is not upright in him. But I love this verse. So did Paul. So did Martin Luther. So did all the church fathers. And can I say, I'm getting ready to read to us. It's not the rules for living, but it's the rule of life. It is the most significant verse probably in the entire scripture. But the just shall live. The New Testament says by faith, but I love Habakkuk. By his or her faith, but the just shall live by faith. Can you say that with me? But the just shall live by faith. Say it again, but the Now, I want to go back again, and I want you to uh, underline these thoughts. He says, I will stand by watch. And he says, I will set myself on the rampart. Now, a rampart was a tower. It's a high place. I believe now in our places of prayer, it doesn't mean that we have to go to where the cross is here in Ventura. Although, you know what? I've done that before. If you've never experienced that, you will get a new love for this city in this region. If you go up to a high place and you begin to view it, that you get, you can almost get a heavenly perspective. I remember one year, Becky and I went to the Rose Bowl parade and when you're on the earth and or we are on the earth you're standing you know where else would we be you know and they have people you only see the float that comes right before you I think we're now living in a time we cannot make decisions by what we're experiencing and seeing right before us we need to have an elevated view and literally stand our watch he says I'll set myself on on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me circle that word see that's where we get the concept watch and and you must know this literally he should have said I want to listen to what he says to me we don't say I want to watch or see what he says but that's what Jeremiah said he said I will go and see the word of the Lord that's what Job said I have heard with my ear but now I see with my eyes and he says and what I will answer when I am corrected then the Lord answered me and said write the vision make it plain on tablets why that he may run who reads it for the vision is for an appointed time underline that maybe chat that if you're watching online appointed time i want you to really give that we are living in an appointed time of god and but at the end it will speak and it will not lie though it tarries wait for it because it will surely come it will not 
tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. I want you to begin to write two concepts down. And you should be a note taker. Maybe do that on your iPhone. And then you can pray these verses and thoughts later. The word watch means to see. Now, in the Old Testament, that word seer is in the old part of the Bible over 300 times. And it means to perceive. It means to have insight. It means to discern. It means that we have an understanding of what to do. And so many times in the Old Testament, they called a prophet a seer. And why is this important? Because what we behold or what we see, we become. And so I want you to know this, that we are people that we want to begin to see. Now, this is what I want you to really get. In this moment, in these days that we're living in, when we go to prayer, and I want to encourage you to consistently, daily become a person of prayer. I've given my life to prayer. I'm kind of like a modern, I don't know, quasi-monk. I try to make my home somewhat of a monastery, and but I have given myself to prayer. Now, let me tell you how prayer started with me. Usually, it started with a list. It started with a list, and it's like, God, help Becky and I with this bill. God, help me be a better dad. God, help me communicate better with my wife. But can I tell you, when you experience God in prayer, and you allow the Holy Spirit to elevate your mind and your heart and your thinking, you will begin to exchange your prayer list for a lens. Now, I don't know if you know, but when you get to be about 40 years old something happens when you begin to read and you can't see and so Becky it happened to her before it happened to me and she got the readers and I would say babe take those glasses off you're too young to look like a grandmother this was way before we became grandparents she said but I can't see so I noticed I was reading my Bible one morning and, and I went, hmm, I must be, I must have judged her because the same thing is happening to me. But I remember thinking, there is no way I'm going to get those glasses where I do this. I said, I'm going to get one contact lens. And I kid you not, I could read this right like this, fine, fine print because I have a contact lens. Can I tell you, you know what prayer does? It helps you change your prayer list into a lens where you see everything in your life. Not just church, not just serving, not just group, that you have a better perspective of your job. You have a better perspective of what's going on. Can I say right now, I definitely do not want to get my perspective from television or culture or a contested space or power come on we we're not wrestling against political parties there is an enemy there is hell there is a devil but I want a lens on my eyes where the eyes of my understanding are open and I begin to make that shift Becky when I do cool things she always copies me so a few weeks ago six weeks ago she came home she says I'm going to start wearing contacts too 
And I'm, I said, all right. And so we're in the bathroom, and I kid you not, she has the contact lens on the finger. They, she even had lessons at the eye doctor on how to put the contact in. And so she'd do this, and I go, okay, now, and she'd go, I go, babe, you have to keep your eyelid open if you're going to put the contact in. She goes, okay, okay. I kid you not. She goes, every time I said, let me do it. Let me do it. And you know, I kid you not. I got it. I said, no, all right. And I put, I'm trying to put it in her. She has the strongest eyelids of any human being on the planet. Can I say right now, Habakkuk and the children of Israel, they didn't do that for just a season. We're talking about maybe 600 years. They began to violate the law of God and the promises of God. And they thought God went AWOL. And Habakkuk said, no, I'm going to go to an elevated place. I'm going to go to the tower. I'm going to go to the rampart. That is what we are. We're watchmen and we are watch people, if you will. It's people of prayer. And you know what? We're not going to be stubborn with the eyelid. We're going to let God put a lens that we're not just approaching God with a list, but we have his perspective on what's happening in our lives, our nation, our church, in our city today. Can you say amen? Now, let me just say this, and I really do believe this. In prayer, this is something that I've been doing lately. I would say for the last 18 months during this pandemic. On purpose, in prayer, now watch this. I felt like I was going back to my list and I wasn't getting the perception or the perspective I needed. In prayer, I started slowing down. I started paying attention. I became quiet to listen to see what he was saying to me, this church, our family. Now is the time that we need to begin to train ourselves to begin to do that. Now I want you to say watch, say wait, say wait, say watch. Now I want you to write the word wait down. Maybe chat it if you're online. That concept, that word wait is a spiritual practice of spiritual people and of God and of Jesus Christ. And get this, it's in the waiting that we begin to see. It's in the waiting that that contact lens comes in. Without waiting, it would be similar like Becky trying to put the contact in, the eyelid's going to go down. That human will is going to go down. But in waiting, something begins to happen in our mind and in our heart. I want you to know, think about this. When I even say the word wait, we don't like that word. We begin to tap our foot. Because the instantly, maybe you think of waiting in traffic. I turn into Satan when I'm waiting into traffic. I will switch lanes 20 times. And Becky will say, it's really not going to help because we're at a standstill right now. Another thing, if you go to Starbucks or Pete's or whatever your favorite coffee place is, and they're taking forever to make your drink, we think we're wasting time. It's inconveniencing us. I remember one time I was at Starbucks. This was in Seattle. It was summer. I got a mocha frappuccino with the whipped cream and the chocolate drizzle. And I, and I was going to be speaking. And I thought, I'm going to go back. I had this new Hillsong worship CD. And so the barista gave me my drink. But she was struggling 
running my debit card. And on the inside, I became a tornado thinking, I am going to ask to see her manager and I'm going to get this drink complimentary. And I kid you not, I felt the spirit of God say, don't you do that. Don't you do that. I drank three-fourths of that drink. I didn't want to do it. I felt like it was a waste. I wanted to enjoy it in the presence of Jesus. And she finally gave me the receipt. She didn't know inside. It really frustrated me. I turned around to walk out. She She said, excuse me, are you Pastor Jude? I literally went like this. Yes. I'm Pastor Jude. Who hates waiting? I'm impatient, Jude. And I kid you not, she said, two weeks ago, I came to Generation Church and I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, all that anxiety, all that inconvenience melted away. You know what? Hear me. How we wait dependent or is dependent on who we're waiting for. If you're waiting for a barista, you're going to tap your foot. If you're waiting for someone who's lesser than you, not as smart as you, not as strong as you, then you will think it's inconvenient and lose your patience. But can I tell you, we are not waiting on just anyone. We are waiting on the Lord. Are you with me? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who is on the highest place, is at the ramparts of all ramparts and he begins to change our perspective go with me to one of my favorite scriptures on waiting I want us to go to Isaiah chapter 40 I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 40 amazing verse and we're going to read verses 30 and 31 and waiting is a spiritual practice waiting is a spiritual practice and I believe it's in the waiting that we we turn or turn in, if you will, change our prayer list for a lens to see better. Before I read 30 and 31, you know it, those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord, I have to read verse 28. So if you have your Bible app, just scroll up to 28. You could use your finger. This iPhone doesn't have a button. It's been really maddening because I'm used to that button. But you can use your finger with that, all right? So I'm going to read verse 28. Here it goes. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. He doesn't have to take a power nap. He doesn't need to drink Red Bull. He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. I love this part. Are you weak? Are you exhausted? Are you fatigued? He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Here we go. Here are these verses. Even you shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with the wings of eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Amen. I want to wait on the Lord, the God who is everlasting. Go to one other scripture on waiting. Go to Isaiah chapter 64. And I love this. Isaiah 64. And I'm going to read this from a traditional Bible showing you that I could go from an iPhone Bible app to just a regular Bible and you could do the same thing. This is Isaiah 64. And I love this. It says, for since the beginning of the world, 
Men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God beside you, get this, who acts for the one who waits for him. Another version says this, involves himself for the one who waits for him. I want to begin to say this. I really do believe that one of the reasons that we do not see is because we do not wait. Remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees and the scribes? He said, get this, you have eyes, but you don't see. Maybe they didn't see because they didn't wait. The Bible also says that the scribes and Pharisees reasoned with their mind. We cannot figure out what's going on just with our minds. But it said Jesus perceived in his spirit that is seen. Can I say now we are living in such a time that we need to begin to perceive. And I love what Habakkuk said. He said, hey, even if it's slow in the coming, even if it's, uh, it seems like it's tearing, it says wait. For the appointed time. You know, I'll never forget when Becky was first pregnant. I thought, I don't know if you're pregnant. She goes, I am pregnant. And she, and, and she I said, but you're not showing. Then all of a sudden, about five and a half, six months, I kid you not, it was like popcorn put in a microwave. It was like, oh, yeah, you're pregnant. And, and so we didn't want our baby to come at seven months or eight months. We wanted the baby to come at the appointed time. Now that word, it says, Terry, it will not delay. That is a word that Jesus said. He said, tarry or wait into the city until you are filled with the Spirit and have power from on high. Jesus also said in Acts, don't leave this city until you're filled. Wait, tarry. Can I say as a church on Thursday nights, we are watching, we are waiting, we are waiting, and we are watching. Why? Because we're living in a time where it is a contested space and we are not wrestling. Our struggle is not against a lifestyle. It's not against a supply chain. It's not against who's in the White House. Our struggle is against not flesh and blood, but powers and principalities in the heavenly realms. But when we watch and we wait, we have a supernatural insight to live a supernatural life. Come on. And I love this last part, the phrase. It says, the proud in his soul, he will not be right. But the just shall live by faith. Will you write that down? Maybe in a moment you'll say it with me. I so like the way Habakkuk said it. The just shall live by his faith, by her faith. But the just shall live by faith. Now, three times in the New Testament, Paul quotes these words, exact words. And one is in Romans 1.17. You could write that down. The other is in Galatians 3. 11 and the other is in Hebrews 10:38. So Romans 1:17, Galatians 3:11 and Hebrews 10:38. And I want to show you the emphasis in each of those New Testament when they rewrite this or quote this verse, the just shall live by faith. Paul took out his. The just shall live by faith. Romans this is the emphasis. The just shall live by faith. Let's say it another way. One version says it this way. The righteous shall live by faith. Can I tell you, every awakening, every revival, every turn in a man or a woman's heart began with that concept. The righteous will live by faith. 
Abraham was not righteous because he was circumcised. He was circumcised because he was made righteous. How was he made righteous? He believed. Abraham believed God. Therefore, it was credited to him righteousness. Can I say in America today, in our church, it's not just good enough to believe in Jesus. We want to become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And I I have an announcement. The number one enemy of Christ's righteousness is not my sin. That's what Jesus died for. The number one enemy of Christ's righteousness in my life or your life is our own self-righteousness. Paul says in Romans chapter 10, he says, my heart's desire in prayer, please put desire in your prayer. Don't let it be a list. Let your heart have a desire when you come to Almighty God on the ramparts. He says, my heart's desire and prayer is that Israel would be saved. He said, I bear them witness. They have a zeal. Man, these people are passionate, but not according to knowledge. Get this. They being ignorant, no knowledge of the righteousness of God, sought to establish their own righteousness, therefore could not submit to the righteousness of God. Can I tell you right now, anytime I try to make myself righteous, I deny the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin that I could become. This is a clear vision of our church. I want to become like Jesus. And who is Jesus? He is righteous. We are a righteous people. And it's not just because of what we do. It's who we believe in and who we're becoming like, we are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Now, this is Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. I want you to say the phrase, but the just shall live by faith. You know what just is? It's where we get justification. Just as if I never sinned, but I did. But it's just as if I never did. Even though I did, it's just as if I didn't sin. Next one, Galatians 3. The just shall live. The just shall live. Can I say right now? I want to live. You and I have eternal life. When you accept Christ as Lord, everlasting life comes into you and into myself. That's what happened. We're not going to experience everlasting life when we pass away into eternity. We already have everlasting, uncreated Zoe life within us. D.L. Moody said, a few days from now, you'll read in the newspaper and the headlines, D.L. Moody has died. He said, don't believe it for a moment. Because at that moment, I will be more alive than ever because I have everlasting life in me. Come on, I want to live by the Spirit. I want to live supernaturally. I want to live no matter what's happening in my world. Can you say amen? And then I love Hebrews. You can look at it. Hebrews says this. It says, the just shall live. Now get this, the emphasis in Hebrews, by faith. By faith, by faith. There are two ways to handle this pandemic, by fear or by faith. I choose to live by faith because whatever is not a faith is not pleasing to God. I want to live by faith. Will you stand up with me today?
Habakkuk said, I will go to the rampart and I will set a watch to see what he will say to me. And when he corrects me, I'm going to listen. And the Lord said, write the vision. Make it plain. I like the message. Write it in big, bold, block letters. That you can read it even if you're running. And then he goes on. He says this, the proud in his heart. He, he's not going to be righteous, but the just shall live by faith. You know who the real Habakkuk is? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He would leave heaven. And he was not crucified. Literally in a valley. He was crucified on what they call Golgotha. Skull Hill. And he wanted to get off that rampart. But he had an appointed time. And he even said, Father, please let this cup pass before me. But nevertheless, and even in that moment, Christ himself, his list, his prayer was changed from a list to a perception for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. Why? That there would be a day, no matter what power would destroy the earth and her people, that there would be a remnant forever, the just who would live by their faith in God. Can I say I believe in the future days of our nation and I want to predict, I want to prophesy, I want to declare I personally do not think God is through with the United States of America. I believe there will be a sweeping revival where people are going to begin to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that we are going to stand our watch. We're going to get on the ramparts. And maybe some of getting your car drive up to the cross. And I say, why don't we begin to declare that Oxnard and Ventura and Santa Paula and Camarillo and all of California are going to begin to put their faith in Jesus Christ. They can't legislate that. Come on. I want the whole world to be filled with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, let me ask this. My lifestyle is changing. And let me say it this way. My prayer life is changing. I'm doing more waiting. Have you ever noticed you're waiting on the Lord? And this blessing, this demon, (laughs) it's a blessing. Good God, I just read the Bible from a phone. I would have never imagined when I had my flip Nakia phone that you could read a Bible on it. But you're waiting on the Lord and you have this right by you. Zzz, zzz. When it's giving you a notification, it's not God trying to speak to you through a text. It's probably one of the political parties asking you to donate money. <laughs> Why don't you just maybe turn that the notifications off? And if you are reading the Bible, and I'm not joking you, this is what I do. just wait it's like God you you gotta come I invite you to come into my heart and I need your presence these are overwhelming times I'm in a season that I've never seen or experienced before and I just wait and then he will come and I promise you my prayer life is being transformed and it's like here God here's my list and he comes in when my stubborn eyelid wants to see the way I see 
he puts that divine lens where I see it from a Christ perspective. I see it from an everlasting perspective. I want to begin to pray that we're going to begin to watch. That's intercession, but we're going to begin to wait. Will you maybe do this? Put your hands, whether you're online or here. God, we come and no ear, no eye has ever seen how you involve and act and work for those who wait upon you. Lord, we wait upon the Lord and we renew our strength. We will mount up with a new perspective. We will run and not be weary. We will walk and we will not faint because we are waiting on the God from everlasting who does not take power naps and does not need Red Bull. He never slumbers or tires. God, I come for the exhausted soul right now. The one who is fatigued and it affects their body. God, we sense things at a physical level and an emotional level. But God, I pray now a discernment in our spirit to sense what God is doing and what God is saying to us. Lord, we come, we want to perceive in our spirit. God, we pray, oh Lord, when we're working, trying to work it out, it seems like you're relaxing. But God, when we relax in your presence and you begin to work and you will work all things together for the good because we are the called according to your purpose. God, I pray those who are busy, busy, busy trying to work it out themselves, let them relax in the beautiful presence of God. And when they relax, then you will begin to work. Come on, God is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing you. Create. There is an energy in the waiting. There is an energy in the waiting. I think maybe let's give this week a little bit more time in the wait. A little bit more time in the waiting. Don't be like the person at Disney who always has to have 50 fast passes and then miss the whole experience. Come on, let it be slow. It's an appointed time. It's not insignificant. You're not wasting time. You are not waiting on a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a promotion. We're waiting on the ever lasting God who has a perspective that is incredible and a love that is undeniable. Just let that settle on you. Don't run. Don't run from difficulty. I ran from difficulty once and I felt myself running. God is not wanting us to run. He's wanting us to wait. And when we wait, he renews our strength and we mount up with the wings of mighty eagles and when converse winds come against the eagle they don't get scared and fly to the ground and cower they just fly through that storm and that wind in Jesus mighty mighty name I want to ask you today as we end this service if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life that means number one Romans 10 9 and 10 says if you believe in your heart that Jesus the son of God died and that he rose and you say that with your mouth you will be saved it says you believe in your heart unto righteousness come on the righteous shall live by faith and then you will experience eternal life that's where it's impossible for someone you could believe in Jesus but if you don't commit to his lordship it's almost impossible to wait and if you only knew 
God's working in your behalf. I'm going to count to three. And if you need to commit your entire life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you're going to raise your hand. And when you do, something very supernatural is going to happen. One, and again, on three, you'll raise your hand. Two, and three, just raise your hand right now. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am, right there. Thank you. Thank you right there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want you, everyone, say this when you say, Jesus, forgive me. I can't be righteous on my own. But you made me righteous the very moment I believe. And I thank you for that. Jesus, you are forever my Lord. And I trust you. In your name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.